0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. With the text that's before us, one of the great joys of pastoring the church so long, 47 years my wife and I have been here, and it's just such a joy. We have, out of our Christian school, uh, approximately 200 that are in full-time Christian service scattered everywhere. Preaching this morning, I think, of our own son, Tim, who's preaching today on the fifth anniversary of the church that began five years ago today. Our son-in-law who's preaching in Southern California. All the preachers, and I think 27 preacher's wives in addition to that, missionaries, Full-time servants, I was preaching uh, on the East Coast this week, and I was, I was there Monday and Tuesday. Uh, they had them stand and we took a picture of a whole crowd of people that filled this area that were members of this church or in our college at one time, our schools. And you know, as I see that, I, I just rejoice what God has done. I rejoice in the fact that out of our Christian school in addition, there's approximately 200 adults today in here, are teaching, are preaching in our ministry today. And their kids or their grandkids are in our Christian school. Uh, It's wonderful to see. You know one of the greatest heartaches to stay in a long time is those pages of my journal, four columns, page after page of people that have wandered from God. unless you think I'm mad at them, I feel like I share part of that. I think of the many that are alcoholics. I think many of them like to come to church today, but they're just so drunk all the time. I think of the many that are drug addicts. I think of those that have revolving women or revolving men. I think of those that have become God haters, that have denied the faith. Those things keep me up at night. I'm always a gentleman, I'm always gracious. Those that have gone down the road of sodomy, I'm always kind to everybody. It's that right here where you're sitting or in the old building. The Bible says many shall follow their pernicious ways in these last days. Many will fall away and be apostates. Also of your own selves shall men, corrupt men arise speaking perverse things. My beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, the Bible says, it was needful to me to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, for there's some that have crept in unawares and they devour those that are weak. I watch kids that are raised with a dad and a mom, perfect no, but a good home and a good environment, good schools, and I watch the decisions. I think, what are you thinking? Here's a father and he's, he's pleading with his son, the entire book of Proverbs to his boy. And Solomon writes, son, please be, be careful in verse 10. Be careful who you walk with. Be careful of your friends. Avoid it. Don't pass by there. You be careful with your life, son. You see, life hinges and life pivots often on single decisions. And that decision that we make, oh, I can, I can drive over here, I can go 80 miles an hour, 90 hours miles an hour down Montague Expressway, and it's a complete red light, and I say, I'm not stopping, and I can fly through there and maybe make it. But I do that day after day after day, guess what? I'm not going to make it every time. And we can get away with it and get away with it, pastor and people alike, But collision time is coming. And our life will hinge from that moment. Our life will will, will, will pivot from that decision. I made this decision. I, I would never leave this church unless you leave for a better one, but never a weaker one. So important. So I'm not hijacking. You have to stay here. The Bible says in verse 22, how long... Ye simple ones, where you love simplicity. There's pr- simple people in Proverbs and there's prudent people. Simple are not dumb people, stupid people. No, that's not what simple means. It means inexperienced. And prudent means experienced. That's why Titus 2 says, Get to some old men, young people, and get to some older women, young ladies. You think you know where you're guiding your life, but I'm going to tell you something. You have not been where that older person has already been. Life, we know something about life. Are we always right? No. Do we we want to control your life? Absolutely not. I do not want to live as a narcissist, that I'm going to control your life, but I want to be a pastor that lovingly warns God's people. And he says here in verse 25, ye have set it not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof, in verse 29, a message, they did not choose the Lord. Joshua said this way, he's old now. He's getting ready to die. You know, the Israelites, when Rachel sat on those gods in her tent of her father, those gods never got out of Israel. Those gods were in the heart of Israel. Joshua says, so now I'm old and I'm going to die. I was an assistant pastor to Moses, and I watched Moses' life, and I watched the children of Israel, and I watched the wandering, and God allowed Caleb and me to make it through because we believed God. But he said, I wanna tell you, I'm now gonna die. And he said, I want you to choose you this day whom you will serve. The gods, remember Rachel? That you served on the other side of Jordan, those gods that you never got rid of, are the God of all gods, God Almighty. Make some choices. On this Sunday morning, I'm not asking for you to give a million dollars. I'm not asking you for even a public testimony. I'm just saying, will you make some choices for God? We are running out of time. I truly believe Jesus is coming again. I also believe that if the Lord would tarry, it's in his character to send one sweeping last revival, for he's not willing that any should perish, and I'm praying for revival. Last night at prayer meeting, Brother Coopman said it so well, "Revival is just not a feeling. Revival is a change. And here the Bible says in verse 29, uh, choose the fear of the Lord. If we had time, I would take, it. I, I, I spoke, I guess, too long earlier today, but Genesis 13, in verse number 5, Abraham says, now, our, our brethren are not dwelling together, Lot very well. Lot was his nephew. His dad died. His mother died. Uh, Uncle Abraham and Aunt Sarah raised him as their own boy and brought him in his home and gave him everything he had. He said, now, our herdsmen are fighting with one another. Uh, the cattle and everything, it's just too many. He goes, we, 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 let's divide. You you lot you, if you want to go to the, the left all that land on the left is yours all that cattle is yours if you want to go to the right that's yours if you well if you want it you take that a lot was so arrogant he said to uncle Abraham I'll work for you it's no problem let's leave it like it is or Uncle Abraham if you want us to do that you choose not me the Bible uses the word he chose He chose the land of Sodom. But the Bible says the men of Sodom were wicked before the Lord exceedingly. They burned in their lust, men with men and women with women. They burned in their lust toward one another. It goes, that's what I want. And the Bible says he first pointed his family looking into Sodom. And then you find him moving into Sodom. And then you find him sitting in Sodom. And he was sitting in the gate, which means he obtained a political position, and he sat in Sodom, but Sodom got in his family. His sons in laws mocked him. His, his children mocked him. His wife mocked him. He escaped with two girls, and then those girls committed incest with their father. They got him drunk, and two nationalities formed out of that, the Ammonites and the Moabites, and they warred against the Israelites. All because you said, I choose, that's what I want. You see, years ago, our college is 26 years of age, I preached and I said, you know what, some of you fellows, most are gonna go on to serve God, but some of you are not gonna go on to serve God. And when you... I keep tripping over this. Why do I do this all the time? These shoelaces. Maybe somebody ought to teach me how to tie my shoelaces. It's going to take me an extra minute to preach now. And I said, You know, fellas, I love you so much. I do love our I saw so many graduates this week, and you're out preaching all over the country every week somewhere. And, and it's wonderful to see our graduates. And they're doing so great. I said, some of you men ought to go and and, and go into a room that's six feet by nine feet with a a, a toilet in it and a sink and a bunk bed and get accustomed to that because that's where you're going to spend your life. A a young man came up to me and said, that's never, Brother Trayvon, and I think he was sincere. I'm never going to go to prison. That's where he spent his many years now. Shortly after that conversation, no, there's no glee in my heart. He was a good kid. He made a wrong decision with his life. I think of so many folks that I've prayed for. I think of others that I've prayed for out here. And uh, when we're out in the, in the, in the uh, outside preaching and at the stadium, I called that right over here in our parking lots and cars everywhere i think of some that i prayed for sweet mother that came said i rode the buses years ago today i have to turn myself in and i prayed with that sweet mother and a little baby and a little child and you know what she went to prison and she she lived for god would correspond she made some wrong decisions and she was not just sad because she got uh, sentenced to prison But she 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 made the wrong decisions, and she kept writing me and said, "Pastor, I'm growing in the Lord. Thank you for the Bible. I'm reading my Bible, and here's here's what's going on in my life and good things." And she got out and tried to do the very best she can to raise those kids. We are making choices in life. I want you to know several things about choices. Choices are not complicated. They're either right or they're wrong it's that easy. It can't be any gray in between. It can't be, well, maybe it is, maybe it's either right or it's wrong. It's either good or it's bad. It's either either positive or it's negative. It's righteous, it's unrighteous. We're standing, Brother Fanera, who teaches our crossroads Bible class. Those are kids that are out of high school and, and young co- colleges and the universities around here and our own college and, and, and they are moving into business or whatever God's called them to do. And you know, those kids are at crossroads. Good kids, good kids, but don't tell me there's not a pull on their life. You don't have to go to Sunday school. You don't have to go to Sunday morning. You don't have to go to Wednesday night. You don't have to go to evening service. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to do all these goody, goody, good. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. I've seen the results. God declares that a child of God must do right, must do good at all times. Our choices are not complicated. Joshua said, choose you, make a choice. Are you going to worship these false gods? Are you going to worship God? That's the difficult thing when many of you parents find out my kids have ghost accounts. When I say a ghost account, many, the vast majority of parents would not know what that is even though I don't know how to even use a computer. And you people are so smart in computer fields, and I'm amazed at your knowledge. But either we're naive to think our kids will never get involved with this. It's an amazing thing. My 12-year-old girl is talking to some married man who is posing as a teenager. He's 47 years of age and stalking her. The ghost accounts, they're in churches all over America, where young people are posting, even in Christian circles, nudity about themselves. Those things go on the internet, they never come down. Showing behavior that's so godless. You know, one day, You'll get married, and one day you'll have children, and one day you'll have a little baby, and that little baby will grow, and one day that little baby will say, Mama, I found this. Is that you? We think we can go ahead and figure, I'm in Christian school, I'm doing all right. No, you're not doing all right. We had camp, we had revival. I know, and I thank God for the amazing revival as Brother Cooper preached to our teenagers and the revival that came. But I tell you what, although I rejoice in the revival, I'm always so concerned because I know the wicked one is coming. He's come since camp. He'll keep on coming. Oh, we can stand up here and preach and sing and play the part. But I want to say that that's making a choice to feign yourself and be a phony. Choices are so not complicated. And choices many times are so close. You know, what do you mean by close? Uh, 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 a, A choice for right is maybe closer than what you think. I've told you this story. I got thinking about this story because of Brother Remers in Sunday school. He said, I, I went to missions conference years ago, and I made a choice. You you said that in Sunday school, you didn't even know what I was preaching. I made a choice, I made a decision at that missions conference. Miss Treber and I had been married less than a year. We were in the ministry in, outside of Chicago, Rockford. And she's heard me tell it. And I, I can recall I dropped her off at the, about 5.30 in the morning at the grocery store where she worked. She opened it up and went to the accounting area. I remember always taking the, uh, the blankets off the produce. And then I would leave her, and she was in that store. I don't know why I ever left you by yourself on that road, but I did. I locked the door, and, and, and I went down the road to the church and began to work on Auburn Street. We didn't have breakfast that day. We didn't have lunch. We didn't have dinner. Not because we were fasting. We didn't have food. And the next day, no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner. But both nights, John Calvin said to us, let's go out for a big old juicy steak. I never told him John eventually took his life. Broke my heart when I heard that John did that. He's such a sweet guy. Lonely in life. During that missions conference when that took place, Mike Pepper and Brother George King were preaching. I sat during the service with my wife right there in the front row on this side. I heard those missionaries preach and God got all. I said, Lord, I want to serve you my whole life. And we decided to give to missions. That was 50 years ago, every week. That choice was a good choice. That choice set us up because it was a a choice of faith. We were just going to believe God to take care of us. And God always has, and He's used you. I know. God bless you. Amen. Everything we have in life is because of the people of God. Amen. Amen. Everything, yes, sir. it's not because what we've done, it's because what God used you. Yes, sir. I recall when, prior to that, I was in Bible college. You've heard it so much, I won't embellish it. It was February 1970. One, I chose I was going to quit Bible college. I went to my first class and then came back and I had my Bible time and I was in Jeremiah. I, I was just done with it. I had every reason, you know, they're phonies, some good professors that left and some students and one of my buddies left during the night and another left in the morning, just packed up and left. I said, I'm done too. I want to go to Vietnam. I want to join the Marines. And I reasoned, Brother Cooper, Brother Flood, I reasoned how it would be such a good thing for me to do that and it is for many of you, but it wouldn't have been the right thing for me. I read Jeremiah 12, 5, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? And I wrote down, if I can't make it in Bible college, I'm not going to make it in Vietnam. God kept me in Bible college. And it was February 17th, I had the letter in my office. About a week or two later, I received a letter from your dad, who later became my father-in-law, said, Jack, we want you to come and work at Berean Baptist Church. By March of that year, I began to work there. Can I tell you, if I would have made the choice, I would have never met Cindy Swanson. And we met that year. I I didn't even like her, and she didn't like me. I don't know why. Everybody was after me. All those girls were after me. My aunt, my mother, they were all after me. They thought I was perfect. And in December of 1972, we were married. You know, Brother Jose, what I would have missed out on, I wasn't trying to make a bad choice. And the thing that sort of bothered me, I think I was making a choice for God, but I was really bothered that I'd hurt my mom and dad. I thought if I make this, they're going to be heartbroken. So I have no reason to go to the ministry. Well, I loved them. It's a novelty. In life, all of us are suffering consequences because of choices we've made. Sometimes you're so close. I was so close to getting the Great Berean Baptist Church and its influence on my life in Rockville. And I was so close to that. But I almost missed it. I almost missed it. I tried so hard in 70 Five to find places where I knew God was calling me to preach, and I knew that, and I, I found this place, and this place, and this place, and this place over Colorado and Northern California, and, and different places lined up to go Canada and things that I basically worked out. And then there was a little, and they all said, no, you're too young, you're inexperienced. And then a church of about 20 people on Clyde Avenue in Santa Clara right here, and I said to Brother Brownlee, who's with the Lord, I said, I don't have any really experience preaching. Been an assistant pastor for about three and a half years, but I'm not, I don't have really experience preaching. I preached on the radio once. I preached on a Sunday night once, and I preached on a Sunday morning once. That's it. And he said, if you're God's man, we want you. And We came, and they said, okay, we want you to come. I was so close of making the wrong decision. I know there are are people that are better pastors. I know that and pulpiteers. That's one of the things that grieves me and hurts me. I I hope when I'm off the scene and die, I hope you get someone that loves you as much as I've loved you. God's been so good to me. You've been so kind and so respectful and so helpful. Some of you are right on the verge of making some decision, and yet you're so close to the, we'll say, the pot of gold, but you don't see it. I know I'm out of time. Let me give you a third, and I'm done. I have much I could say about that, but lastly, our choices always bring consequences. Ask Adam and Eve. Ask their sons, uh, Cain. Ask, ask Absalom the consequences. And ask David, where he cried out, My sin is ever before me. Ask, ask Gehazi and Achan. You see the power of choice. Today, you can choose to receive Christ for salvation or reject Christ. That's your decision. You, you choose. You made that choice. Dr. Curtis Hudson was preaching here in the old building was that September, brother? September 14th, 1986. He made that choice. I can't imagine laboring all these years together without him. 45 years ago, we began building an educational building, Clad Avenue. The weather was identical yesterday as it was 45 years ago. And a, a fellow showed up on Friday night at our house, and he lived with us for a while. He was a single man, and he had a flesh tone colored Datsun. His name was Jim Carrey. I I don't know if he's ever heard me preach 10 times in my life on Sunday morning because for 45 years he's been in junior church. His wife has been shut in for years and years. I remember her as a teenage girl and that's not the way we planned it. But he made a choice to come, and he made a choice to invest his life in young people. Tonight, today, uh, uh, have you decided on salvation? Have you decided on surrender to God? I'm, I'm done, my own agenda. i Have you decided about serving God as a Sunday school teacher, as a bus mechanic, as a bus worker, as a prayer warrior? Thank God for so many of you ladies that are prayer warriors. And the great crowd of men that are prayer warriors. Oh, I get so excited at prayer meeting on Saturday night. You pray for me as we travel down the road of life. I can't make these mistakes now. I can't make wrong decisions now. Well, why do people do it? Out of fear, out of frustration. Out of no friends. We talking this week with somebody, and they said that anchor girl, a beautiful girl, beautiful girl in Wisconsin, a TV anchor, she took her life, engaged to be married, I think next month. It took her life. And she said, I don't have a friend in the world. Just a beautiful girl. Engaged to be married, don't have a friend in the world. Parents are so shocked. The, the, the people in that state are so shocked. It was just a, a, a premier I'm not faulting that sweet girl. You know there are people around you that don't feel like they have a friend. It might be in your own home. It may be sure that you never listen to your wife. It may be, wife, that you always are nagging away at your husband. It may be kids. You don't respect your parents and you're living for yourself. Oh, you're covering it up right now. Or it may be dad and mother. You're too busy for your kids. The power of a choice, a decision. I, I wish I could finish what I, my message today. I've preached long enough. You decide. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It all needs to be Him. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Our Father, I've preached to myself so much today. I wrestled with so many messages this week. Had written out so many messages, but Thursday you began to work on my heart about this, this thought right here